those kids do a great job. But I have to say, most of you, the kids get an A for participation. Most adults get an F. Now, we, 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 we will do this again. Uh, we do this family weekend once a quarter and uh, just have the kids come in, be a part of our service. But we are thrilled everybody's here. Hey, we're doing this series called Big Ten, Big Ten, The Path to Spiritual Maturity. And we are each week looking at like a doctor's prescription. If you were to go in and say, Doc, my back hurts right here. I can't bend over. They'd do an x-ray and he'd probably find the pull muscle. He would maybe give you a prescription, tell you some exercises and tell you to eat better. Well, that's a doctor's prescription and you do it. Well, this is a preacher's prescription that, that uh, is proven for the last 40 years I've seen that if people are literally doing these things, the disciplines and the experiences, their spiritual life, they'll grow. So if you don't have one of these or lost it, lift your hand. We'll give you one. The ushers will help you out there. If you want to give one to somebody else, just lift your hand there, and uh, we'll make sure we are ready to go. Um, let's see what else. Oh, kids. All right, kids. I'm going to need you to help me preach this sermon today. So I want you to look at me just a second. Here's what I want you to do. I'm, when I say one, two, three, I want you to stand up and say, I love church. All right? We're going to practice. Are you ready? One, two, three. Got to stand up. I love church. Okay, pretty good, pretty good. Let's try one more time. One, two, three. All right. So when I call on you, that's what we're going to do. Uh, looking at your flyer here, number four is what we talked about last week, daily prayer and Bible reading. Uh, I, would, I would argue strongly that the most important thing you can do for spiritual growth is every day you have a time where you read your Bible. Psalm 42, David, the man after God's own heart, uh, it says, as the deer pants for streams of water. Now listen to this. My soul pants for you, my God. He's talking about relationship. And then he says, when can I go and meet with God? So this is more than just going to church. It's more than doing religious activities. It's a personal relationship with God. And this is what we focused on. And remember last week what we said, what you do, if you take some time in the morning, we call it a devotional, a quiet time. And there's three things that you do. You remember what was the first one? Worship. Yeah, worship, thanksgiving. And what was the second one? Bible reading. Bible reading. And what was the third one? All right, so that's, that's, uh, that's number four. Now, here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to look at several of these today. Uh, what we're talking about today is we're talking about uh, the local church. We're talking about being committed and connected to a local church family. And I've got several on here we're going to talk about. Number two there, it says attend a weekend service. I call that big church. We'll talk about the value of that. Uh, we'll talk about number five, completing equip and foundation classes. That's digging deeper for truth. And uh, then lastly, let me see, number six, uh, sharing with friends, uh, connecting with friends in a small group. We call that little church. And there's a, there's a balance between big church and little church that makes a profound difference in our life. Well, we're going to get into this, but I've got three points this morning. And the first one, I want to lay a biblical foundation for the idea of being committed to a local church. 
Uh, it's not popular in many circles today, but it's deeply biblical. I'm not trying to recruit you to do anything for me. I just want to point you in the pathway of God's plan for your life and relational connectedness in a church. But the second point will have to be probably the more beneficial one is what's in it for me? In other words, if you buy into this, what good comes from being a part of a local church? And then lastly, I think you'll find intriguing, what does, what does the, why does the church need me? What can I bring? What can I offer? And uh, I, think, uh, I think you'll like it. Uh, it's called Committed and Connected. And I want to start out with a video. It was kind of a man-on-the-street video we did last week interviewing members of our church, and they're just talking about our local church community or family. So take a peek at this, and then we'll be in the Bible together in Acts 2. Being a part of a community of believers is important to me because when the hard times come in life, which they will, it's important to have a community of believers that support you and rally around you for strength and support. I'm thankful to be a part of Powerhouse Youth because of fellowship with other believers. I'm thankful for church community because I'm around people with the same purpose as me, like-minded believers um, where I can find some strength, I can find people to hang out with, um, and grow closer to the Lord all at the same time. A thing I love about KidZone is that it's a place that we can come learn about God and a place that, that we can just worship uh, him. Uh, we love church community for the, uh, the way the spirit moves, the oneness, uh, the way it makes us feel. Uh, we appreciate Church on the Rock and how they teach, uh, do worship and praise. Uh, everything is just wonderful. We love being a part of it. I'm thankful for being in a community of Christians because they hold me accountable for walking in a consistent walk with God. I'm so blessed because being part of church is a life-changing experience. It gives you all the tools, and not only that, you have people that whenever you are going through hard times, they are going to be there with you. And also, you are growing all together at, the same, at different stages of the life. But more than that, you are glorifying God. <laughs> um, I think that Powerhouse has just let me have better discernment and make more godly decisions through Christ. I'm thankful for KidZone because they teach me about Jesus and I get to make new friends. I'm thankful for the Powerhouse community because it has helped me grow in faith and become closer to God. What has happened in the five years I have been here and the people that I have gotten to meet and become uh, truly acquainted with uh, have challenged me in many ways uh, to go deeper uh, in my faith and to be more involved in the community at large. Uh, I am so thankful uh, for Pastor John and, and, and Pastor Travis, who, who I have spoken to uh, quite a bit, and uh, the groups, the small groups, oh, that, that has made such a difference. All right, praise the Lord. All right, kids, help me out, kids. One, two, three. All right, here we go. Acts chapter 2, let's just begin with the first point. Is, and this is a, a strong statement, but it is God's plan, biblically, for Christians to be vitally committed and connected in a local church community. 
Local church community, another word is family. Uh, we see in the Bible, when the Bible speaks of our relationships, it uses the term brother and sister. Maybe you went to a, a traditional church uh, growing up, and they called the pastor brother. Well, that's where this comes from, brother and sister. Uh, uh, Paul would even say, call uh, older women mothers and, and treat them like a mother, call an older man like a father. Well, the word church is the Greek word ekklesia, and it means called out ones. So when you become a follower of Christ, you're called out of the world, and you are a follower of Jesus Christ. How many churches do you think there are in the world? Trick question. There's one. It is the universal body of Christ that every person who has been born again is a part of. But how many local churches are there? God only knows, probably millions around the world where believers come together. Now, let's read Acts chapter 2, the pattern of the first church community. When I look for beginning places, paradigms, uh, 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 examples, uh, I, I look at the book of Genesis, but I also look in the book of Acts for how the church functioned, not just as a historical model, but as a, an example or a paradigm for us today. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 41, Peter has preached on Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. Many people have responded to Christ. And those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, 3,000 in all. Now, I want you to look at the next two verses because they're the heart of the message. All the believers... Okay, a teaching time again. When I do this, I'm not scratching my ear. I want you to tell me what's on the screen, okay? So here we go one more time. All the believers... Yeah, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Listen again. Number two, to fellowship. It's the Greek word koinonia. And to sharing in meals with one another. Here's the friendships. They shared the Lord's Supper, and they also shared in prayer. Now, you remember uh, in January, we had the Proverbs challenge. We encourage you to read a chapter of Proverbs every day. Well, we're continuing the, with, on our Bible app. You'll see there's chapters to read in the Bible every day. But we're going to add, in the, in the month of February, we're going to emphasize our corporate prayer time. And the way you'll start on, uh, in our service, if you'll get here a little early, at 5 till, it starts at 11, 5 till 11, we're going to have a prayer time together. And then we'll start our worship at 11. But these things are what they did. But notice verse 46. They worshiped together at the Jewish temple. I call this big church. They did it each day. And they met in homes, I call that little church, big church and little church for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals. So what we see in the first church, the, the, the model church, believers were committed and connected to one another in what we call local church family. Uh, local church families are, are the biblical pattern for Christians. I would even go as far as to say you don't find Christianity in the New Testament apart from local churches. In other words, believers are not isolated. Believers are not alone. That was the worst thing that could happen. If you were excommunicated from a church or disciplined, you were out there by yourself. They were a part of a family of believers. And you remember the New Testament. Most of the New Testament were written to churches. The church at Philippi, the church at Ephesus, the church at Corinth. So the New Testament pattern, this big church and little church, worshiping at the temple and worshiping at home, uh, if we could draw a sample from that today or an example, uh, big church is what we've done this morning. 
We worship the Lord. We had prayer time. We have Bible teaching time now. Uh, We've been together relationally, and those are all positive things. But how many know it's hard in big church to make friendships sometimes? I mean, you don't make a friend just by turning to the person behind you and say, I'm glad you're here today. I mean, that's, that's being cordial. But you might make them sitting around a table at the coffee bar. But I guarantee you make friends in little church, whereas meets in homes or the small group setting. So it's this balance between the two for fellowship, building relationships. A verse in Philemon 2, uh, uh, to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church that meets in your home so we're the ecclesia meeting here collectively in big church but we're also the ecclesia meeting in homes and and they work together now let me say this too online viewers are also a part of our church family why don't you just wave your hand at the camera out back there and just kind of welcome all the people that are watching online we see you you that are still in your underwear we see you too your smart tv cover up quick all right i'm just teasing on that one but Sometimes you can't come to church. <laughs> this COVID thing, you know, people were staying home and, 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 and you weren't able to come. Some people live far away. Uh, we have a brother every week from the Philippines that watches uh, our, our online. But there's a lot of people that are actually uh, here close by that are watching. And I hope you'll come back and experience this greater level of community here at church. But I want to show you, we have an online pastor. This is a new position for us, but you can see Pastor Michael Searles, his wife, Lyric, and their little boy, Fisher. But Pastor Michael, if you're watching online, he's the one that initiates anything that says Church on the Rock welcomes you today. Would you like prayer? And he's there not only to interact with you during the live stream, but if you need counseling, if you you want to talk to someone, if you want him to pray for you, you know, you can leave him your phone number, you can go to a chat room, and he wants to be a pastor to people that are are watching, uh, watching online. Now, how many know that some Christians, many Christians, are not committed to a local church? You know, they're not bad. (laughs) They love Jesus. I know Christians that, that aren't committed to a church deeply love God, have done great things for the Lord, made sacrifices in their lives, but they're missing the biblical pattern. Listen to what Hebrews 10, 25 says. He said, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do it just happens in life don't neglect this but encourage one another see it church is not just for me oftentimes I'm here for you see you're here for somebody else Uh, One of our staff uh, ladies, Barb, tells this great story. Uh, She said she was in church one day, and a lady that she did not know uh, came through the doors, and she'd been a couple times, and she told the Lord this on the way to church. She said, Lord, if somebody doesn't reach out to me today, I'm going to go somewhere else. And Barb, who's a member here, she had this burden for this lady, and she's sitting down the row from him, and she invited him to sit by her, and then took a bigger step than that and said, would you like to come to lunch with Rachel and I? And then, lo and behold, the story unfolded. She connected her. They became friends, and uh, she's here to this day. But this is, this, is, this is what we do. But many people are not encouraging others because Christ is coming soon. So why don't believers commit and connect to a local church? Here's what I've observed in the last 40 years. Number one, and the biggest one is <laughs> I've been, I had a bad experience in church. The preacher was immoral, somebody hurt my feelings, I got offended, you know, whatever the case is, but you have a bad experience and you get hurt. 
And the reason this happens is because we know how we're supposed to behave. We're supposed to love one another. Well, how many know if a Christian's supposed to love one another and they're, and they're dissing you on Facebook, how many know you don't want to be around them? And it's easy to isolate and pull away. That's the big one, uh, bad experience. But sometimes we don't come to church, I mean, not just come to church. I mean, no, we are the church. We come together to encourage one another. But sometimes we don't participate in the body very much because we're too busy. We get successful. We've got money in our pockets. There's other things to do. There's places to go. And this sense of community falls to a lower place. Uh, some may not embrace the biblical basis. They put their feelings above what the Bible teaches about joining together, about being apart and being connected. And last one, you see it sometimes, it's pride. I just don't need anyone else. Well, if you feel a little of that, let me say this. You may not need us, but we need you. See, we need you. We're a body. And COVID changed a lot of our habits. But I believe we're coming past COVID and we're getting to a place, come on now, where the body can begin to function again. Somebody say praise the Lord. Uh, Bar there was a Barna survey, and, and this is, shocks me. He said 56% of Christians feel their spiritual life is entirely private. In other words, I don't have to be or need to be or want to be in connection or relationship with other people. That's unbiblical. That's our culture. Uh, Christian culture is community. So let's get into this now. What's in it for me? Why should I be committed? Why should you be committed to the local church family? Uh, the first one is commitment to a local church helps us be consistent in our walk with the Lord. It's something about rhythms. Remember in Acts 2, 43, they were devoted uh, that word devoted, it means they persisted in church. Sometimes it took extreme effort to get there. The kids weren't ready. The kid pooped in his pants just before you put, after you put the dress on. I mean, you know, there's a zillion things. Why? But, but this word devoted means they persisted through that and they were committed. And there's something about good habits produce good results. Now, how many know, how many know you, don't have to go, you don't have to come to church to go to heaven? You don't have to be a part of the church to go to heaven. It makes the journey there easier, though. And this rhythm, this habit of church, um, when you're around it, when you're around people that are praying, listen, if, if something's not great in your life and, uh, you know, Wednesday night and, you know, you may want to come to church, somebody might pray for you, but you're kind of out of church, so you talk about it online, and before you know it, people are gossiping about you. They're not helping you. They're hurting you. You're getting bad advice. But being in this rhythm of church, you're around the Bible being taught. You're around worship. You're around the love of Christian people. And it's just like a good habit. You brush your teeth, you floss your teeth, the dentist will be poor. But why are dentists rich? Because we don't brush our teeth and we don't floss our teeth. Yeah, that's not a knock on dentists. I love my dentist. But, but it's the same thing, the way you eat. I went duck hunting yesterday, and I'm so sad. I, it was terrible. I, 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 zero. It's hard for me to say. And the season closes today in Texas. I know. Come on. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm grieving. But on my way home, I, I decided to treat myself, and I found this gas station that made really good wings, you know, chicken wings. And these, these fried potatoes that they had to go with it were to die for. 
Well, how many know a little comfort food every once in a while is good? But if you have that for a mid-morning snack, if you have greasy burgers for lunch, and if you have pizza for dinner, you're headed for trouble. I mean, somewhere you got to get vegetables and you got to get fruit, come on now, in, in, in your diet there. Well, that's the same thing. You can get in a bad habit. You can be, start drinking three Mountain Views today or, 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 or three or four somethings, you know, of these high-calf pals or whatever. I mean, no, that's not good for you. Sooner or later, your eyeballs are going to pop out. I mean, I mean, but good habits. You got the picture there. Here's the second reason, and this is similar, but connecting to Christian friends in a local church makes living the Christian life better. Now, let me say that again. It makes it better. First Thessalonians 5, it says, encourage each other and build each other up. Now, how many are honest enough to say, I need encouraging fairly often. I need to be built up fairly often. We all do. We live in this world. Things happen in this life. My wife left me for 10 days to go to Mexico. I married a missionary. See, you just, all sorts of vain imaginations went through your head. I was lonely. I had my dog, and I moved my dog from the porch to moved his little bed by my seat there, and 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 and, and he, he. we need one another, and I need one another not just to encourage me, but I need them to motivate me to live for Jesus, because here's a fact. Now everybody knows this: you're going to become like the people you hang out with. Remember when you're a kid and your mom says, I don't want you going with them because X, Y, Z. If you hang with people today, come on now, that are watching porn, sending you porn on your phone, cheating on their wife, guess what's likely to happen to you? Come on, same thing. You'll be tempted more if you don't. Uh, how about doing drugs? If your friends are doing drugs, come on, when they pass the pipe to you, what's likely to happen? How do you know that? But how about if your friends are coming to early prayer? How about if your friends are going on a missions trip? How about if you were sitting by your friend today and the friends from Pakistan came up and, 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 and their friend punched you and said, I'm giving something to help those, the, that school over there. Uh, me too. Those kind of people will bring you up spiritually. Uh, but it doesn't have to be just good or bad. How about if you're hanging out with lukewarm Christians? Christians that, they love the Lord. I, you know, they say they do. They're, they're going to heaven, but, you know, they don't serve the Lord. Uh, watching their lives, you wouldn't even know they were a Christian. They're just kind of lukewarm, the kind that Jesus said to spit you out of my mouth. I don't know about you, but I want to be on for on-fire believers for the few days I've got left on this earth. Come on now, because nobody knows how long. I want to be in a spiritual environment where it's going to propel me forwards. And, and here's another one. If you're connected in a local church, and, you, and I say connected, that you know people. Now, I'm sad about this, but, but oftentimes people will, will come, but they don't get connected, and maybe they're shy. I'm shy. And, 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 and they don't get connected. They don't know people. And then a crisis happens in their life, and they fall away from God, and nobody's there to help pick them up. Well, the Bible says in Galatians, brothers and sisters, there's the term, if another believer is overcome by some sin... You who are godly should gently and humbly do what? Help that person back on the right path. And I can just tell you this about life. You're going to be tempted to fall off the right path. It's a fact. A number of years ago, and I don't know if you remember Dr. Sterling Lacey. 
he was a pastor, a Christian counselor. He was a part of our church. And he and I went to a pastor's prayer group. And I found myself that I was being tempted by something. And it had been going on a number of weeks, and I'd kept it to myself, none of your business what it is. But I was tempted. And I went to that prayer meeting, and afterwards I said, Brother Lacey, could I talk to you? And uh, he said, sure. And I said, I need you to pray for me. I am tempted by X, Y, Z, none of your business, but, I, I, but it's really getting hard for me. He prayed for me right there. I had to humble myself because I didn't want to tell anybody my problem. But when I did that, something broke inside of me. It was like the power of that temptation broke when light got in the darkness of my soul. That's, that can happen. But now listen, uh, those couple things could happen uh, to people that aren't connected in a local church. Let me give you some things that are only local church. A local church offers spiritual covering and accountability. Now, you might have never heard of this, but let me read you a scripture, Hebrews 13. It says, obey your leaders and act under their authority. Well, where's that authority come from? It doesn't come from the bylaws. A called minister, a called elder, a called life group leader has authority from God. And they are God's, not bosses, but they're there to help. Notice what it says. They're watching over you because they're responsible for your soul. You know, that is one of the scariest verses in all Scripture because I don't know who I'm supposed to watch over. Because the Christian church in America today, the Christian church is not like pastoring a congregation. It's like pastoring a parade and the parade has sped up. So, uh, uh, watching over your soul, what's that? That's heaven and hell stuff. That's standing before Jesus one day. That's somebody that would love you enough to help save your marriage, to help you from if you're going off the wrong track, if you're getting false doctrine. Listen, everyone needs to be accountable and submitted to someone. I am submitted to people. Do you think when we, but I wouldn't make any big decision in my life if I were you, because I don't. I wouldn't make any big decision, buying a house, quitting your job, moving, um, getting married. I wouldn't do that without spiritual counseling and covering and prayer. And that doesn't mean you're asking for permission. But what you're doing is you're submitting yourself to God through a God-appointed leader and authority. And just simply your willingness to submit it to someone, you stand a better chance of finding God's will. You think when we got ready to spend, get in this building and spend millions of dollars I talked to every person that I knew that I, I looked to as a spiritual covering in my life, asked them what they thought, asked them for prayer and counsel. Now, this has turned out really good for us, hasn't it? I mean, uh, I, 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 talked, I have a, a friend that I duck hunt with, and he's a contractor, and he said, God timed this thing so that we probably saved from 3 to $5 million in that period of time by doing it when it happened. And, and, and it just all fell in place perfectly. But there's a lot of churches out there today that have such a huge mortgage, they can't go to Pakistan because they're having to beg the people for money to pay salaries. Are you with me today? This is healthy. It's what Christians do. And let me say this. We are not, as Christian leaders, spiritual bosses. Listen to 2 Corinthians 1. Paul said to the Corinthians, this doesn't mean we want to dominate you by telling you how to put your faith in practice. But what do we do? We work together so your joy may be full. Come on, give the Lord a good hand today. All right, let's, let's talk about kids just a second. 
And this is a big one. Uh, kids are, are, if your kids are connected in a local church, they're going to learn about God, they're going to learn about the Bible, and they're going to make Christian friends. But let me be honest with you. There is virtually nothing in our culture and society today that's fostering Christian values in your kids. They're not doing it on modern-day Disney cartoons. Uh, they're not doing it on many of the memes. Now Apple is coming out with a meme for your phone of a pregnant man. I'm just telling you, the world out there is different from when I was a kid. When I was in first grade before the Supreme Court decided no commandments on the walls, every day the principal, fair and long, would, would, would read a Bible verse to us and he would pray. In those days, uh, you wouldn't have sports tournaments on Sundays. It was the Lord's Day and it was sacred. And, and, and you didn't have to worry about it. When, I, when my kid was growing up, he loved to play soccer and there's a soccer tournament every weekend. And I encourage my son to go now, okay? It's a tough thing, but it's just different. When you, when you watched Andy and, Mayberry, Andy and Mayberry and Leave It to Beaver, you never heard them cuss. You never saw, saw people without their clothes on on those stations. I mean, it just was not a part of their day. But today is a different day. Listen to me, parents. Your kids may have a Christian teacher at school, but good chance they may have several that aren't. They may have a Christian coach along the way, but the only consistent support that you have for instilling Christian values in your kids is your local church. And I'm telling you, the people in Kid Zone and the people in, in Powerhouse, you do a great job with your kids. I, the highlight of my week this week was not standing in front of you but it was going to youth group on last Wednesday night. I went in there at the end. They'd broken up in small groups after their big group setting. It was age-graded groups. They let me share a little bit, but I saw a hunger in those kids. I saw a purity. I saw a gentleness. I saw a desire for God, and it was a good thing. Kids, I need you now, and teenagers too. One, two, three. Okay, since the teenagers do it, I'm going to embarrass you right now. Every teenager right now. One, two, three. <laughs> Didn't we just read, obey your leaders and submit to their authority? You stand up. I love my church. Come on, teenagers. One, two, three. Give about a third of them a big hand. <laughs> This next one is probably my favorite one. You, you do need your kids in Kids Zone in church. Uh, it's not easy. It's not easy bringing your kid on Wednesday night. Do you know what I would rather do on Wednesday night? I'd rather go home, put my feet up. It's not easy coming on Wednesday night, bringing those kids. The powerhouse kids, they usually get out about 15, 20 minutes later than other people. It's not easy standing around and waiting on them. And all the parents said... But you know what? I'd rather wait on my kid to get out of youth group than wait on them to get out of jail. Just saying. Um, let me give you this last one. that I, 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 this, this just lights my fire. If we're committed and connected, we have a greater opportunity for significance. What do I mean? I mean we can do more to expand God's kingdom together than we can alone. We're connected to Pakistan. We'll never go there. Remember when Jesus said in Mark 16, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. How many in this room have gone around the entire world, 200 and something countries, and preached the gospel to six, seven billion people? Raise your hand. Nobody. 
It is impossible alone, but together we can do this. Uh, we send money, we send teams, we send training, we send technology. But let me show you something that's deeply touched my heart. I've told you lately that, remember there's a, a, a garbage dump in Kenya that has a church there. Uh, I, I became acquainted with this through Pastor Ron Hammonds, one of the men that I'm submitted to. Uh, he was feeding people in this dump. He knows the pastor that started it. He's known him 20 years, reputable leader, and he was feeding them twice a month. And I listened to it, and I committed our church. I heard the Holy Spirit, and I said, let us do the other two days that you want to feed. Well, as it went, as it went along, I felt we had a great close to last year. I said, hey, we want to send you some more money. What's your greatest need? And he texted me back and said, they don't have clean water to drink. And I sent him money. And guess what your giving did? It bought a 1,200-gallon water tank for people that don't have clean water to drink. And every time the pastor, as you'll see, gives them a drink, he says, God is good. Show this little video. I, I watched it 10 times yesterday. Fresh water. Fresh water. God bless you. God is good for the first time. Fresh water. Dancing time. There's life. God is good, mommy. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. No more tears or fast. No more tears of no more crying because of water. No more crying because of water. Oh God is good. These kids I found them. I found them somewhere crying. When I asked what was wrong, they said they are thirsty. No. We have to drink fast before we feed them. We haven't even started feeding. No more crying for the water. God is good. Now, how does that happen? Anytime you give a tithe or an undesignated offering, we take 13%, like a church tithe and offering, and put it in an outreach fund, and it goes to places like this. That's where the 5,000 for Pakistan came from that the church already gave. You might have given more. So whenever you give, part of your giving went to that. Because I guarantee you, nobody in this room did anything like that this week. But together, we can. Come on, everybody say, I love church. Right, let, me, let me wrap this up now. So what's in it for the church? That was your benefit. What does the church, why does the church need people to be committed and connected? Now I want you to look at this phrase because it's the most important thing that I've said today. Um, we need your passion, your ability, and your resources so together we can accomplish God's will on the earth. We cannot do it without you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I, I'm going to need an extra five minutes. Can, who'll give me an extra minute or two? Two, four, five, that's all I need right there. Thank you. <laughs> Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 equates the human body to the body of Christ, to the parts of the human body, the nose, the ear, the eye, to, to Gary and to Mylene and to Mike. So listen to the correlation. First of all, he says the human body has many parts, Many parts make up one whole body, and so it is with the body of Christ. And now look at the diversity. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. In other words, some are rich, some are poor. Uh, 
Today we would say, in church, we are young, we are old, we are black, we are white, we are Hispanic, we are Asian, we are rich, we are poor, but together we are the body of Christ. And in our world that is struggling with violence and crime and racism and hatred, we can be the living example, come on, to a nation that knows how to fix what's broken in America. See, this, this is partly just, because uh, let's be honest, every one of us wants to be like people that are like us. Do you know how, who I want to be with this time of the year? Duck hunters. Duck hunters. <laughs> you want to be with someone like you. If you're into basketball, you're a basketball player. Socioeconomically, you know, it's uncomfortable if I have and you don't. I mean, all that is this awkwardness that's in there. But when we leave that outside the church doors and come together in humility as the body of Christ, it's a testimony to the world. Now listen to verse 14. Here's where the message finds its focus. The body has many parts, not just one. If the ear says... I'm not a part of the body because I'm an eye. Would you be any less part of the body? Or in other words, if Gary, who's on the safety team, along with 22 other guys and gals, if he says, because I'm not like Pastor Mike, does that mean I'm not necessary? Does that mean I'm not important? Absolutely not. He goes on and says, if the whole body were an eye, if all of us were Pastor Mike, it, we would have car shows every weekend. <laughs> But if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If your body were an ear, how would you smell? Our bodies have many parts. Now listen to this. God has put each part just where he wants it. And the where context is a local church. It is not staying at home. It is not being a part of the, you know, ethereal church. It is finding where God has put you. Many parts, one body, all together you are Christ's body and each of you has a part in it. So that's why I say God has given, you may look in the mirror and not see much, but when God made you, he did not make a mistake. He made someone that was powerful in their own right and respect. You've got to just get your passions and the gifts in alignment and loose that in Jesus' name. But what if God has appointed someone to do something in churches and they're not here? What would we do? Now, Pastor Zach tells me he has like seven drummers and his worst uh, 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 dread is if none of them can be here. And I don't know what he does, but he doesn't like the electronic, you know, fake drums. Uh, well, how about a person? You ever seen someone who doesn't have an arm or doesn't have a leg? Now, they can have a prosthetic arm, but it's not the same. So if God has called you here or somewhere, and again, I'm not trying to recruit you here. I'm trying to tell you, find where the Holy Spirit wants you to be, get connected and get committed because you could be the missing finger. You could be the missing hand. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to show you some pictures of some folks in our church this one is Samantha, uh, Samantha Knox. Uh, Samantha's here. Let me embarrass her. She's standing up over there. You know what she has a burden for? I'm going to embarrass you. Please stand up. She has a burden. She has a burden for women in a crisis pregnancy, teenage girls that are about to have a baby and nobody loves them. They've been kicked out of their family. They don't have money to support. What are they going to do? She has a burden for that and has started a ministry in the church. And you have how many ladies in it? 16 people. 16 
And they're all willing to not just give them some diapers, but disciple them to be a Christian mom. That's powerful. Let me show you another one. Holly Carver. Holly, if you're here, stand up. Holly is a foster mom. I don't see her. Holly, oh, there she is. She's in the back there hiding. She's a foster mom. Every time you see her, she has this carload of kids. I have to tell her uh, there's a limit on how many she can bring. I'm teasing. <laughs> but, but she comes in, and what she has done is helped open the church's eyes to the need for foster care and these kids needing love. And it's one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. Let me give you another one. How about Terry Anderson? Uh, you said, you look at him, oh, he needs oxygen. He should be at home watching the live stream with his feet up, but he's not. He leads Celebrate Recovery. And they have 60, 70 people who have had battles with addictions and addictive behavior, and it's wrecked their life. Every Friday night, it meets, I think, 7 o'clock, 6 or 7 o'clock uh, over in the powerhouse area. Uh, we need Terry. Uh, how, about, how many enjoyed the kids when they did their singing on stage? Wasn't that powerful? It wouldn't be happening if John Miller was responsible for it. I can't even keep temp. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how they hurt my feelings when they took my tambourine. But... I'll just say that she is the one that had the burden, the vision, and the gifts, and she brought them together, and now these kids are getting something that who knows how few kids across America are getting. They're not having to go and pay uh, 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 you know, the school band director to teach them something. They're getting godly learning, and they're becoming worshipers. And lastly, uh, the most important group, the people that make caramel macchiatos. Uh, uh, go ahead and put them up. Uh, you know, if they weren't here, church wouldn't be as good, huh? Come on, give them a big, give them a big hand. So what I'm saying, they and dozens and dozens and dozens like them make church what it is. God cares for the broken people, the needy people, the lost people around Texarkana, our nation, and our world. And his plan to fix it is through local churches. You may not need us, but we need you because together we can do something great for God. Give the Lord a good, a good hand today. I'm, I'm going to close, and then we're going to have a, a closing song and, and a baptism. But let me just remind you before I get out of here, I'm going to pray for you but about this voting thing. I'm a citizen, but I'm a citizen not just of, of heaven. I'm a citizen of Texas or Arkansas. It's a civic responsibility to vote. Let me encourage you. It's, the booth is on the left side, a little table. It won't take you five minutes. Just fill it out, and, and that way you can participate in that. But I hope you'll, I hope you'll do that. But I, I want to have a closing prayer with you, and I want to say this. It's decision time for us today. Yeah. All I've done today is shared biblical principles, scriptures, that apply to you. Now you have to decide, what am I going to do with what I heard? See, the Bible tells us not to be a hearer only, but a doer of the Word of God. So here's some things I want to ask you. If you've been hurt or offended at church, would you please give us another chance? Some watching online have been hurt and offended and they don't even come. I want to ask for your forgiveness. If I did it, or Pastor Zach probably did it, but <laughs> I'm just teasing. Somebody did it, and they were wrong, but now the devil's got you isolated, and that's not good. You may be sitting in the congregation today, gifted as you could be, 
but you got hurt and now you just come to church because you love the Lord, you love worship, you love people, but your gift is dormant. Give it a fresh start. If you're watching online, let me say we're thrilled you're watching. But if you can come back to church, building, big church, we'd love to have you back. I watch online at home, and it's good, but it's not the same as being here. It's better. Third thing, if you believe the Holy Spirit's calling you to be a part of Church on the Rock, and you come whatever, weeks or months, and, and, and this, this is going to be my church. I want to encourage you next Sunday morning, come to our Connect class. That's our journey into the life of the church. Pastor Mike and I do it together. You'll meet people, but, it, but it's not a trying to recruit you to something. But we want to show you who we are and then prompt you to find the church of God's choosing for you. But that's the door into our church. Next Sunday morning, 9 o'clock in the Connect Room. Uh, if you don't have many Christian friends, if there's a relational void in your life, and you're, you know, I could easily be the Lone Ranger without Tonto. I, I function just fine by myself. Uh, I enjoy being by myself. I got sick a few years ago, and it made me kind of withdraw a little bit in some areas. But I don't need people as much as some do, but people need me. Are you with me? So they, you may not need anything from us, but we need something from you. I needed something from Dr. Lacey that day. I confessed to him and asked for his prayers, and thankfully I got it. So if you are not a part of some small group, not this Wednesday, but the next, February 9th, we're going to have right in the sanctuary, we call it a launch. We're going to kick off our small groups and all our life group leaders and outreach group, all our group leaders will be here, there'll be 40, 50 people that you can try to find a place to make that start. And lastly, if maybe you're convicted because you have a gift and God's called you to this church, but for whatever reason you hadn't got activated, let me encourage you to do this. Stop by the Connect Room on the way out, tell them, and we'll contact you. And if that doesn't work, call the office and say, I'm ready to get involved. I want my life to make a difference. And it's all for this, friends. It's because the biblical pattern is God wants us to be committed and connected in a local church family. Kids, one last time. One, two, three. Thank you for being here. Give all the kids a big hand today. They did, they did super. They did super. Well, listen, we're going to close now. We're going to have a baptism, and Pastor Mike will close the service, but I just want to say I love you, and I'm so glad you came. Apostle C will be preaching Wednesday. Apostle, why don't you stand up? He's my father-in-law. He's going to be preaching Wednesday night right here. Prayers at 6.30, and uh, the service starts at 7. God bless you so much. Thanks for coming. Don't forget to vote. Amen. To well, you can put your attention up toward the screen. We've got a few baptisms. That's always an exciting time. And if you're wondering about baptism, it's an outward sign of your inward faith. So that doesn't really get you to heaven. But if you're a Christian, you want to do that at some point to identify with Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. Just call the church or stop by the connector and we can schedule that for you. Pastor Travis. Amen. Please state your name and why you're being baptized. My name is Lauren, and I'm being baptized to seal my covenant with God as well as to be a good example to my children for what it's like to learn and obey in Jesus's word. That's awesome. We're super proud of you. Step down. Let's extend our hand towards her. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your daughter. We thank you that you love her. 
God, that you care about her. And right now we baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, be filled. Amen. Come on, church. Please state your name and why you're being baptized. My name is Nicole. I wanted to be baptized to stop living for the world and start living for God. That's awesome. We're super proud of you, Nicole. Extend a hand towards her. Lord, we thank you for Nicole. God, we thank you that you love her and you care about her. Lord, right now we baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, be filled. Amen. 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 You know, before you go, Pastor had mentioned today's a decision day. And so first of all, are you a member of a church? Number one. Number two, are you a member of the church? And so if you're not part of a church, again, come next week, 9 o'clock Sunday morning, go through the Connect class. You'll learn your spiritual gifts. You'll get to meet some people, learn about our church. But the big question is, are you part of the church of Jesus Christ? That means are you born again? Do you have a relationship with the Lord? And if I ask you this question, somebody asked me many years ago, they just said, if you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? And it just kind of stopped. I said, well, I know about Jesus. I know about all that stuff. But I really don't know. And he said, you got to ask Jesus Christ into your life. you got to invite him in. you got to be willing to stop doing things your way, repent, turn from your way, and to begin to follow Jesus. And I was like, how do you do that? And he said, well, it starts with a prayer. And I raised my hand that day, and I just repeated the prayer to give Jesus permission to come into my life and help me to follow him. And you know what? Things changed in my life. I began to have a relationship with the Lord, and now I know where I'm going to go when I die, I'll be going to heaven. So today, if you're not sure where you'd go, if you died, if you want to have a relationship with the Lord, or if you've gotten off track, just raise your hand and we'll say a prayer with you. Just hold up your hand wherever you're at and we'll say a prayer. If there's anybody raising their hand, I can't see up here because it's really dark out there. But in heaven, there's going to be light. Amen. So what I want you to do is I want you to come to that cross. I'm going to be there. I'll pray with you. We'll say a prayer and we'll get things right with the Lord and start that journey of walking with God. Prayer team, come on up right now. and pray. stand to your feet. Prayer team's going to come up. If you want prayer for anything, pray with them. And if you need to get right with the Lord, I don't care if you're very young or very old. I'll be right over there at the cross. Pastor Zach.